welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And this is a non-synthesizer episode. Yeah. Yeah, non-synthesizer. <laughs> Maybe, so much fun. We'll, we'll bring it back at some point, I'm sure, unless I sell it before then. Um, some people told me to keep it, but, you know. What model was it, by the way? Do you know? It's a, it's a micro Korg. Micro Korg. Okay. Yeah. That was legit. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Um, I, I definitely think I got a new phone. Uh, which is really okay, nice. Okay. Um, I got it specifically for business. Um, I could say that because my old phone, the battery didn't last long enough while I was out, you know, sourcing, doing my sourcing okay. and even taking pictures. The camera was all messed up. So it was a business expense buying a, a new phone. I bought used, which if you watched our Latin picker uh, episode, that was one of the pieces of advice that Latin picker said. Uh, Christian explained that important thing to do, or at least that they do is always buy everything secondhand, unless it's something you absolutely can't. And I did that. I was able to buy like the Samsung. I'm a Samsung guy. I was able to buy the model right before the newest model for like $300 on eBay instead of a thousand dollars, which wow. people will pay for a phone. So huge benefit doing that. Anyways, all of that to say, um, my old phone, I'm thinking of turning into the soundboard we could use for our episodes. Oh, like, really? I can just push a button and it'll do the polo and like all that stuff. So, well, we got to yeah. bring back the synth some other time. Maybe. Wait, no, 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 no. It, it's a must. It'll, it, it might be like for special episodes. Or maybe we have like we release a song, a pure hustle podcast yeah. production. And then me and you can like sing on it and we'll sing in harmony and I'll auto tune it I'm, and I'm, it'll be amazing. <laughs> and then you can rap in the background. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need to go there. Okay, hey, by the way, I didn't even give the episode number. We're on episode 81. I was hoping he'd forget. No, come on, 81. We're reaching milestones here. Yep, and what are we talking about on this milestone Okay, episode? all right, so last episode was part one of three of Don't Make Time Your Enemy, and we were supposed to talk about tools this go around and making your time efficient with tools, but we did have several people on Insta and other platforms say, hey, you know, you guys talk about sourcing in Q4, and we made an episode last year about how to source for Q4, right? So we talked about the different locations, and we talked about, you know, you can still source thrift stores, but the secondary market's kind of tough unless it's unique items. Uh, we had talked about sourcing for Amazon, you know, if you go to Target, Walmart, and stuff like that. So this episode, we I wanted to get a little more detail because some people are asking about, well, what about like these, uh, I think they're called off-price stores. Did you know that's what they're called? Uh, give me an example. Like the TJ Maxx, oh, the okay. Rosses, whatever. And I know there's a lot of content on there. There's some great YouTubers actually that produce great content. There's some people on Insta that share some good stuff. But we wanted to share our own experiences about how to do that sourcing at off-price stores and outlets because when it comes to Q4, the new with tags, if you're doing clothing or the new unbox or the sealed game, like that's where it's at for Q4. Yeah. So I wanted to be aware of you. Yeah. We'll for make you guys aware. For sure. I mean, definitely that is going to be your bread and butter and and probably your cash cow too, right? Is mm -hmm. going to be the, the new with tags. Uh, the only exception to that, I would say, is if you have a lot of inventory of like extremely unique, like collectible stuff that might not sell all year long, might go Q4 for Christmas presents. So like I'm talking like specialty sports memorabilia or like the random collectible stuff like that, that people might not be willing to spend money on throughout the year when it's a gift and somebody knows like, hey, this person's really into, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, those items might go. But by and large, your typical, like what we do where you've got used Legos, used shoes. They'll used, still sell. Used Legos will sell. They'll sell, but... but 
I don't know. There's this weird thing. Like I can't tell you how many times like a friend of mine or somebody in my family is having a birthday and I'm like, oh, I've got something in my inventory that'd be great for them. But it's like, oh, but you can't give somebody something used, even though it's like it's perfect for their size. It's great. Like I, I could buy it for really inexpensive off of eBay. But yeah, if it doesn't have the tag on it, it's it's almost not a gift, you know, so unless it's that really unique thing. Retail. Yeah. So an example of unique. Actually, I had a friend. I think you might have worked with him at one point. He collected Hawaiian shirts. So every single Christmas or every single birthday, that's what he gifted was Hawaiian shirts. Now, I'm sure that didn't go well with everyone, but it was unique, right? People were looking for it. Like, especially if you're like a sports fan, like if you get, you know, a Rain Spooner, Padres or 49ers, Giants, mm -hmm. like that's a big deal. But overall, unless it's something that's, uh, I don't know, I would say something that they can't get anywhere else. And that's newer, <laughs> right? You can't, unless it's like a trendy thing. It's it, the Q4 game's gonna be difficult. Yeah. And, and as we get into this, I, I, I wanna be, I don't know, sensitive isn't the right word, but I wanna be thinking about maybe new resellers in the sense that when I first started and was coming up to Q4 and I wanted to look at maybe like the Amazon game and, and buying stuff and retail arbitrage. I would say 90% of the stuff that I found online on forums or YouTube videos was all focused on private label and very negative towards retail arbitrage even being a thing. Like hmm. some things were saying like, you can't make money doing retail arbitrage. Some things were like, this is illegal. You can't do this. this Amazon will shut you down. Wow. Like all, I, I ran the gamut of stuff while I was searching. And so as a new reseller, I mean, I, I can't, several times I asked you like, so like I can, I can buy stuff and I can sell, like, are you sure? Is there money? Cause I'm looking and it's conflicting information. So we want to tell you like, you can do it. Like you can make money retail arbitrage. Now, is that as good as if you can find that private label item that's going to make you, you know, a millionaire and you can kind of just sit back in your house. No, it's not as good, but there's less risk in retail arbitrage when you're buying items that you know are hot items for Christmas or whatever. And you're not taking that risk on some private label thing. So retail arbitrage, it is a thing. Uh, and so as we talk this episode, just know if you're starting out, uh, you can do it. You can do it and you can sell on eBay. Um, I did all Q4 last year, didn't send anything into Amazon, and we were doing retail arbitrage going directly to eBay, and we did pretty good. Yeah, and you know, a few things too to understand is that retail arbitrage doesn't just apply to Amazon, right? You like you said, eBay and or Poshmark or Mercari or wherever you're listing. Like that's, that's what we mean by retail arbitrage. Cause I think Amazon has done such a great job or not, not on purpose, but mm -hmm. you think retail arbitrage, you're instantly thinking about Amazon. Now we're going to talk about Amazon a little bit, but retail arbitrage in itself has something that's been going on before Amazon FBA ever started, right? People are able to get those items that others can't get to It's the same game as in the thrift game, except one thing is very, very different. Actually, two things. We'll talk about some of those. The first one is you definitely need capital. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's one of those that if you're brand new, you got to really be careful, right? Because if you're dropping 20 and your margins are less and you're hoping to sell it for 50, well, after eBay fees and hopefully you charge shipping, because if you don't charge shipping, you're really going to be messed up. Uh, you end up making, you know, 10 to 15 on an item. Right. But you're looking at volume when it comes to retail arbitrage, I think. Yeah. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine today. Um, shout out if you're listening. I don't know. I've, I've been trying to convince him to listen to Piro's podcast. Uh, he's just getting into uh, reselling and he's sold a few things on eBay and he bought 
I think I, I don't know the whole story, but I think he bought like a collectible pair of shoes or like Wolverine shoes and he bought them um, thinking he'd be able to sell them on eBay and he spent $200 on them knowing that wow. they were going for like $400. Looks like the market dropped a little. Now they're going closer to 300. Do you think he's, he can make like a, a $275 sale on it? He's like, and I would take that if I, if somebody offered 275, but he's like, I bought this item just to test it out. And like the, the time frame is coming up where I could return these. And I'm not really sure. Like, is it worth it? And I was like, okay, let's just from my perspective, this is one item that you have. You spent $200 on it. If you sell it for $275, by the time eBay takes their 10% and PayPal takes their, their 3% and you ship it, you're looking at maybe a $40 profit, net profit. And I said, you've got $200 tied up in it. And you may get a return. And you may get a return, right? And I said, I would prefer to buy for $40 profit a VCR for $5, a pair of morale shoes or something like that for four or $5 and make a net profit of 40 bucks. Like to me, mm -hmm. that's, that's the amount of money I want to spend to make a $40 profit. If I'm spending $200 to make a $40 profit, I better be selling hundreds of these items, mm -hmm. right? In order to make it worthwhile. And that's goes back to your idea of needing the capital. So retail arbitrage, it, your model might shift to a volume model where you're paying more, your return on investments lower, but because of the, nature of q4 if they're turning over quickly it becomes worth it yeah and so we we hesitate you know sharing all of this because one we know that the field is highly competitive and we'll talk about that uh, but two is you're putting a lot more at risk right now we'll talk about ways that you can reduce your risk because the ultimate risk is your cost of goods i think if you get at a certain cost right and you have a lot of margin to work with then the risk is a lot lower. It's kind of like thrifting. Like you pick up a dollar at a garage, you pick up something for a dollar at a garage sale. Well, that's not high risk, right? But when you start talking about, you know, you're buying whatever it is for $25 a piece, hoping to sell for 75 and everybody has access to that same item. Well, then you're playing with high risk, right? So let's talk about some of this. Uh, we already talked about why new items are the primary things for Q4, but one of the reasons for Q4 too is that you're limited on time mm. and it's easier to source items, right? At what I call off, well, not what I call what they've been, I've seen them called off price stores, right? Or outlets, right? Because you, now it all depends where you're located, right? Where we're located, we have access to both, store, both sets. Yeah. So just to clarify, are you saying that it's, so your normal box stores, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, versus off-price stores, which would be Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Ross, those types mm -hmm. of stores, right? So which is it you're saying is well, I'm better? About, it depends. You know, for this episode, we're just going to share the off-price stores and the outlets. Okay. Now, the Walmart and the, and the Targets and the big box stores, to me, that is a whole nother discussion, right? Because, for example, you can get deals at the off-price stores and the outlets. Walmart never has a sale. Right now, they do have things that go on clearance, but outside of that, you're really never gonna go like you know Target. They'll do buy two get one free, right? Or they'll do like spend a hundred dollars on toys get twenty five dollars off. Right. Walmart will never do that. As to my experience, I've never seen a sale at Walmart. Have you seen a sale at Walmart? I mean, they 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 have sales, but not not to that extent of you know where you're getting a huge discount or a coupon for a future purchase like that. Correct. Right? correct. I mean, they, there's always everyday low price, right? It's kind of the idea at Walmart. Yeah. So prices are low no matter what. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you're, it's amazing. Even those low prices, you look up even clearance items. And I think that might be one of the things that makes off-price stores beneficial because you go into a Target or a Walmart. And we've talked about this before, but you see items on clearance and you scan it and you realize, hey, this item that normally sells for 20 is on sale for $4 at Target. And you look them up on eBay and they're selling for $6 with free shipping. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this market's already flooded with people who've bought up every single one of these that they can find across the nation on clearance. And now they're just trying to make their money back because how can they be selling them for this cheap? So the difference, I think, between that, those types of clearance versus the off the off price stores is I feel like everyone you go to is going to have different inventory. Exactly. And that was the next point I want to bring apart, apart, apart about was that it seems weird. It seems counter to, you know, everybody thinks retail and, you know, we, we've been big, you know, we had our sharing episode, like you don't share retail bolos from these off price stores. So the danger is that you may think, okay, then that must mean that everybody has the same, mm. but the reality is like you said, they might not. Right. And same with outlets. You may have access to certain outlets that other people in the country don't. Right. Mm. So you have that advantage. Yeah. And I think part of it too is I think there's a mix and maybe this is just my experience. I I, I honestly don't go into these off price stores enough anymore to like say not as a, a reseller. I used to shop more often, but they're the items that are almost kind of like their bread and butter items too. Right. Like every time you go to one, like you're going to find the same types of colognes, the same certain items that might be kind of all over the place and they restock. Like they might be a slightly different here and there, but then there's things that are unique and you can tell like, Hey, they got like eight of these into this store and they're probably never going to get this again. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what you've got to be looking for. And you're only going to know that if you're in there consistently, I noticed this even with, with thrift stores, you go into a thrift store, the first time you walk into thrift stores and you don't know much about reselling and what's worthwhile, you're spending forever scanning. And I used to think, well, what's the point of going like two or three days later because you've already seen so much of the stuff, but you do start to develop, okay, I've seen all of this, this these few things look new because I, I don't recognize them. And so it allows you to speed up your, your shopping. And I think it's the same with these off-price stores. You go in and you can kind of say, hey, these are the things that there's kind of consistently here. So, you know, if you find a good sale that you can consistently be bringing in, hey, don't share that. But maybe there is a place to share if it's something that's at one of these stores. Would you say no, never at a... I would say no. And, and I know we're going to get flack for that. But the reason is, yeah, so maybe it's not at every store. But let's say you have a certain chain that has several thousand stores. Okay? And, you know, you find, let's say, a certain pair of shoes. Now, yes, is it possible that no one in your vicinity will find that shoe? Very possible. But it may be possible that all you need is like 10 people. And I know that I'm just, that's an arbitrary number. I mean, it could be 20, whatever. Well, all you need is 10 or you just need somebody that isn't familiar with an item to already start tanking the price. Right. Like it doesn't take very much to tank the price. Yeah. Do you, do you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I, I almost just wonder though, I kind of feel like stores like this, there's already the shoe people who go in and they're checking Ross every day for shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you were to go in and share a bolo for shoes, there's no way the shoe people, the sneaker people, whatever it is that go in and that's their deal, haven't already figured this out and bought them all up. Right. So Possible. I feel like there's got to be somebody example. for every niche. And so 
there's another reseller that you see me go sourcing with that's local to us. Mm-hmm. And something was shared on social and it was early. I mean, it was literally like, I think it was like an East Coast share. <laughs> it was an East Coast share. And so it was like 9 a.m. and it was 6 a.m. for our time. Well, our stores don't open till 9. So we watched that. I shoot him a DM. He shoots me a DM. Guess where we're at at 9 a.m.? We're at those stores and we're sourcing that same item. All right now, that person probably thought, what it, now? If they were thinking, ah, you know, I don't know how many people are going to find out about this. Well, that's just us too. I right? think about all the others in the West Coast that caught this that probably would have slept in, probably wouldn't have, you know, got a hold of these items. And now there's a market. So what ends up happening with that market is it multiplies. And you may have 20, 30 people all listing. And then some people are willing to wait because they have the capital, they have the large inventory and others are like, I need to flip this quick prices drop. And then you either have to drop with everybody and sell quick, or you got to hold out, wait till everybody sells. And I, I'll tell you, there's something, I just sold an RA item today that I picked up for 60 and it sold for 150 today, but it, it took a year. Hmm. Right. Because the market got flooded the moment I picked that item up, I guess. And and anybody who listens to PRS podcast knows that we're against sharing retail fines. Right. Like we've always been against it. So I don't mean to say like to I'm, our own I'm, demise sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't mean to say like I'm promoting that idea. However, I just think, OK, so going back to that idea of shoes. If I were to say, hey, I found this and it gets a bunch of people to go look for it at their Ross. Am I just changing which buyers, which resellers are the ones that are buying it? Because eventually oh, some 100%. reseller, but eventually some reseller is going to go in and buy up that whole stock anyways. So am I just changing which reseller it is? But no matter what, I'm going to have that competition. No, that's a great point. I mean, I, I've thought about that myself, right? I mean, we when we did this podcast, we thought about that. And the answer is, I don't know. Mm. Right. But I, I what I do know is we can talk about, you know, one offs all day long. But it doesn't matter if thousands of people, right, go to the thrift store and find that one off, unless they're able to consistently find that one off, it's not a big deal. But if there's a chance that several hundred of these stores carry the same item, then we're going to have an interesting situation. And most people that on, on YouTube that share, I can't believe this feels like our sharing episode again. <laughs> most people on YouTube that share, they share after the fact. Like they've already sold those items right. and they're just saying, hey, this is what's possible. And we're always big on, we want to share you how to get there and how to make it happen instead of just dropping bolo after bolo after bolo. And then you're not learning how to do things, right? Because, you know, to teach the man a fish thing. Yeah. That's what we're about. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So sorry if I derailed us a little bit on this idea of sharing. So what are some things that we want to talk about when it comes to sourcing Q4 at these off-price stores? Okay. So there's a lot. So the first thing, and you had you had touched on, is the idea of being consistent. Okay, right? Because just as Q four is is hitting e commerce, Q four is hitting retail. So imagine all the inventory that these stores are going through, whether it be outlets, whether it be uh, these off price stores. Like you said, being there. I'm not saying being there every day. Maybe you want to be there. Are some people that do this every day, and they find scores every day. But just like thrift stores, you have to be consistent. And maybe that means twice a day. Maybe that means once a day. It depends what your niche is too. 
right? So are there things I'm not going to ask you for blatant ones? Tell me right now, Mike. Now I do know some of Mike's niches, but would you say there are certain niches that you feel like you have an advantage because not everybody's looking at those niches at these outlets and these off-price stores? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know so much if it's I have an advantage because other people aren't looking. Okay. Um, I think maybe that's the case sometimes. I think the advantage comes for comes from I might have an advantage because I know I know this market, right? Okay. Like I've done the research here, which is encouraging in some ways because that tells me if I'm willing to put in the time and research and energy into another market, I can expand what I'm sourcing. But yeah, there's certainly I walk into just to give you an example, if I were to walk into a Ross I might walk the whole store, but I'm going to spend majority of my time in one or two sections because those are the sections I know the best mm -hmm. and I'm, I can find items quicker and I'm not going to spend as much time looking and scanning everything. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think there are some, there's some niches. I, I, I don't even know if I would say it's because I know more than other people. It's just those are the areas I know well. Um, so everybody has that, right? Everybody has those things they know well. Yeah, and so my encouragement is be consistent. And I know this sounds common sense. I mean, I feel like it's the same thing that applies to everything else we talk about, but know those niches. But I think when it comes to off price stores and outlets, you may have an advantage. So for instance, I have a certain outlet that I go to that I, I think I have zero competition uh, because every time I go stuff that is selling for money, like no one is looking at. Right, nobody's thinking about it. And I know what days to go. I know what sales to go. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, that it's important to know when to maximize your buying power, right? Because that's one of the advantages of these stores, either A, because they have sales or B, they have things like certain rewards or C, based on a certain weekend or a certain holiday, you could really maximize what you can buy. Now, unfortunately, we're dropping this episode after I think some of the major holidays have already passed. You know, there may be like a Black Friday sale or there may be a, I don't know, Halloween sale. But uh, can you, can you, do you foresee any major sales happening between now and Black Friday? Between now and Black Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? I mean, major sales. I don't. Okay. So okay, I guess like, like holiday sales. Um, Maybe we're missing something. Columbus? No. Um, <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, Columbus I, already passed. I think, it, and this might not be your typical Q4 thing, but even like you mentioned Halloween, right? So you're going to have after, after a holiday like that, there's going to be sales. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so is it your traditional, like, Hey, it's Memorial day weekend, come in and get an extra 50% off your lawnmower. Right. Like probably not. But if you're willing to do like long tail um, purchases, you know, that, that Halloween after Halloween might be a, a decent time. Okay. All right. So that's one of the things. So if you're listening to this, right, you may have already passed up the ability to have certain sales, but you got to understand that some of the, especially outlets, outlets will drop sales and you don't even know when they're happening. Like you got to be in the know, you got to network, you got to be able to understand it. And every outlet is different, right? You have some that are owned by major conglomerates. You have some that are just owned by one. And even if they're owned by one major like organization, depending on how things are going in stores, they may have different sales at different times. So it's super important to know when those are happening. Yeah, there's one outlet that's about an hour, hour and a half away, probably closer to an hour and a half away from where I'm at. So I don't go to it often. 
And we've been a couple of times where there's been an amazing sale. And then we go again and it's like, oh, the sale isn't that great. And so we asked one time, like, you know, like, when when do you guys do the sales? And they go, honestly, we don't know until the day of, like, what kind of sales we're having. Mm-hmm. And so, because we were just hoping, like, we'd find out, like, yeah, Wednesdays, you know, these types of items are 50% off. And then Thursdays, these. But they said, yeah, you just have to come. And I'm like, well, can we call? Yeah, if you call at such and such time. Now, here's the problem with that, though. It's an hour and a half away. So if you're planning your day ahead <laughs> yeah. of time, right, it's like, you're going to call and then say, like, hey, what kind of sales are you running? Oh, it's not worth it. Well, I already planned to go there. I need to change my plans. Or you call and it's like, we're having an amazing sale, but you didn't plan that into your day. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you get lucky and you find a place where, you can get in the know about what sales, but sometimes it comes down to that networking and maybe you can make those connections with employees or manager where they can let you know ahead of time of the kind of big, I don't even want to say secret, but the not so announced in public sales. Mm-hmm. And they happen. I mean, I they at the off-price stores like the Ross and so on, they don't happen as much mm-hmm. or at all, but in the outlets, they definitely do happen. Right. And it's true. Like it's the worst too. That's why I mean, that's what I mean. You got to have capital. Mm-hmm. Like I think capital is huge because you may just, you know, your family is in town and they're like, Hey, let's go shop. And you show up and you're like, Oh my goodness, it's time to fill up the car. Right. You just never know. And I've had those actually, uh, my mom was down one time and we went to a certain store and it was like clearance and then another 25% on top of that. Mm. and we filled up the car. Luckily I had the capital. Luckily I was able to make moves and <laughs> my poor, you know, f- families kind of all crammed in the car, but you know what you had to act when you had to act. Now, the other thing is, and we shared this a little bit is be aware that you may find a store that has, and we kind of talked about this is the only one, at least in that vicinity that has a certain item. So I know when I go up to LA that there are things that their off-price stores have that we don't have in San Diego. And it's it's and they're always there. Like people are not picking them up. And I, again, maybe because people aren't looking in that certain niche, right? That's why it's so important for you to know certain niches, especially when it comes to these kind of stores, because you have a greater chance of just capitalizing over and over and over again. And actually, we we have friends that have actually secondary uh eBay stores that never get shared mm. on social. Why? Because it would kill their market. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's another tip. You know, if you find yourself in a place that you have retail arbitrage and you go, I know this niche, I know these items, I'm doing really well. It may benefit you to just open a second store to make sure that, you know, cause on social media, whenever you post things, it's really easy to find your stores. Right. People can find my store. People can find, I think, Mike's store. <laughs> they think they can. They think they can. But, you know, all it takes is a few keywords and you look at the price and you look how the picture looks and boom, you're there. Right. But if you have a secondary store and you're not really, you know, you don't ever post about it, you can continually control that niche and it's yours uh, during Q4 or any other time. So, all right, I have one more thing and, and then. It's going to be time for our hustle of the week already. I feel like we're flying through this episode. It's all right. So final price. So do you wait till they end at these outlets or these off price stores to source? No, all the good stuff's gone by then. I even this the other day, it was uh, time for garage sales, right? And it's like, oh, some state sales in the area. Yeah. yeah. 
look up some estate sales. And anytime you see final weekend, final day, prices slash. Now, don't get me wrong. I went to one one time that that had already been going for a couple of weeks or like it was on its second weekend's last day. And everything was, I think, 50% off of the prices that were marked. And there was still some good stuff in there. And I was like, oh, sweet. So maybe the price was too high for people to pick up at, yeah. at full price. But usually you go there and you can just walk around. And you're like, there's nothing good in here. But then you're thinking, well, of course not. Because <laughs> anybody who knows anything about valuable items picked it up day one, right? So if there was a sale to be made, I mean, of course, people are going to miss something. It's possible. But when you go to final sale, I feel like the extra 20% that you save, the extra 30% you save on items that aren't very good in the first place just isn't worth it. Agreed. Because that's money you're not going to make. Right? And I, I strongly encourage you. And I know like these off-price stores have certain t- color tags. That's like their final price. Or outlets have certain places that are their final price. But you're right. Like I did, I used to do that for a little bit. I used to wait and wait. And now if it's right super close to where you are locally, then maybe it's worth it, right? If you're the first person in the door. Mm. But if you're not, when the deal's there, remember when you you make your money at, during, the, during the buy, right? A lot of people go, but, well- But that kind of goes against, I mean, that's true. You make the money during the buy, but that, sin, that statement basically says you want to buy the item for the cheapest price possible, which would be the final sale, but- if it was a good enough item, it probably would have never made it to the final sales. The problem, okay. right? No, no, I I hear what you're saying, but what I'm trying to say is, you like you said, you wait too long. That forty dollars you could have made is no longer there, right? Because you waited too long. So you might have been waiting and waiting, like, oh, I'm gonna make you know thousand dollars profit because I'm gonna pick up all ten of these items and just waiting for the tag to change one more color. And and because we, I've gotten comments before on, on social about. Orlando, why are you picking these up? Like, why are you waiting a few more days till they drop in price? And it's because if I wait a few more days, I may, you know, who knows that morning? I may not wake up that morning on time. I may show up and there's already three other resellers. But if I'm in the store and those prices are there and there's money to be made, I'm going to pick them up at that time. If the margins are high, if the margins are good enough, I'm going to pick it up at that time. All right, because like you said, 20%. So let's say it's a $50 item, right? And you can pick it up for, let's say, I don't know, let's say at that time, you know, the sale is good enough and it's like $10, right? But if you wait for the other 20%, what's that going to be? 20% off of 50? You want to do some quick math? Another 10 bucks. Yeah, but it's not going to be another 10 bucks, right? If it drops 20% off, they usually drop it off 20% off the lowest to get a price. Right. Right. So it's going to be $8, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to save two bucks. But you're going to lose, and we're saying gross profit, you're going to lose that $40 gross profit because you're waiting for that $2. It's not worth it. Like it's better, in my opinion, to pick that up. And I've had it before where <laughs> I've even bane myself. Bane is when you cause something bad to happen to yourself. Where I've gone to a store, I'm like, wow, what happened to all the stuff? And I'm like, oh yeah, I picked that all up the other day. Right? And that happens, but that's a good feeling. Now, the flip side to that is... There are times where you go and you're like, oof, there's just no profit here. There's no profit here. There's no profit here. And it's just junk items left. And then when it goes to that final sale, all of a sudden, the junk item gets dropped significantly lower. And even though it's not like a prime item, it's cheap enough that, hey, there's still profit margin here now. 100%. So that's why it would be worth it. So it's not, I guess the, the better way of stating this would be 
don't wait to the last minute to buy an item with already with profitable margins. Okay. Right? That, yeah, you're right. But if there's not, not profitable margins on an item, that doesn't mean there won't be eventually. Agreed. Right? So going to stores with the final sales can be worth it, right? Especially when places do like the, even thinking of, a, and no, this isn't retail arbitrage, but the idea of an estate sale, right? That last day when all of the good stuff has been picked through, hey, maybe the mediocre stuff all of a sudden becomes worthwhile when it's basically free. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you an example. I was just at an outlet store two weeks ago and they were selling these items that regularly price would be 35 and it was a dollar a piece. So I picked up 35 of them. Why? Because all I need to do is sell one and I make my money back. Now, will I be able to sell that one at full price? I don't know. But if I sell two or three of them at $20 a pop, I'm good to go. And it's going to happen because if there's super ultra clearance, like you may go like, no one wants this. There's no comps. There's no solds. But remember, you are on, if you're selling on eBay, you're on eBay. So you already have an audience of millions domestically. And then you have an audience of maybe, I don't know about billions, but pretty close to a billion internationally. And there might be somebody out there and I've done this all the time that has no access to this kind of store or this kind of product. And they go, huh, I might want that. And you'll sell it. Right. And again, I, so for instance, right now I have 20 shirts from a certain outlet store that I paid $3 for these shirts. I sold two of them for 30 bucks a piece. Right. And I haven't sold one since. But I already made profit. Right. And so now it's just a waiting game. It took one picture, one listing. It was totally worth it. So I guess, yeah, I think that's the, I love how you term that. So if it's profitable enough already where it's at, it's worth picking up. If it's not, and you can make a good profit, if you wait for it to really drop, then it's worth it. That's good. Appreciate it, Mike. Mike's been dropping knowledge these last few weeks. A I, lot of knowledge. I just felt like that was common sense. I don't know if I'd call that knowledge, but. No, I don't know. Because, because here's what happens. When you are a thrifting or a garage sale person that really likes to buy things for cheap and you go into the retail arbitrage game, it's really hard to pay those to buy, you know, buy things. Right. Right. You know, you're going, Hey, I'm going to pay 40 to sell these shoes for 80 to make 20 to $30. Like that's kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get your mind wrapped around the idea that the ROI on individual items is lower, but the potential for volume is up. Right. So but then again, you have to factor in time. So you might only be making, you might be spending $40 on an item to only net 10 to $15 profit. But if you're selling a hundred of them, mm-hmm. holy cow, right? Like that was totally worth it. But then you also have to factor in, you can't forget the amount of time it's going to take to ship the shipping product, all that stuff that goes involved, the time it's going to take to drive those to the post office. So you have to weigh that out, right? Like there still has to be enough to make it worth it. Because, I mean, just thinking back to our conversation with Latin Pickers, that episode that dropped on Sunday, is those people who sell books at a penny or 99 cents a penny. uh, That was a crazy conversation. Yeah. I mean, it blew my mind because I've always wondered. I mean, I knew that there had to be like a little bit of profit and they had to be selling in volume. But just the idea that, that there's people who are literally selling thousands or tens of thousands of books, you know, every month or week or whatever it is in order to make 50 cents a dollar on each book, but because they're selling so many, it's worth it. 
But can you imagine the amount of effort that it takes for each ind individual one that you're shipping out to actually be the one shipping out 10,000 books, individual books in a month? That's intense. That's intense, right? It takes, now you've got to have a lot more employees and that changes the whole everything. And so you kind of have to find that balance of retail arbitrage is more of a volume game, but you have to make sure there's like going to be a law of diminishing return. Like at what point is the volume acceptable for your model of reselling? Now, if you've got five people partnered with you or helping you and you guys have basically an assembly line and a factory or a, a warehouse, hey, maybe you can go for items where you're only making a couple dollars per item. Uh, if not, you still need to find like, what's that number? What's the, is it $15? Is it $20? Is it $5 an item that is actually worth your time? We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Agreed. But Amazon changes that, right? Like if you're doing, oh, if yeah. you're doing FBA, you don't care if you're making a dollar per item, if you can just pack a box and it doesn't take a lot of time and you send it out and they're doing all that work for well, you. Yeah. The lower the rank, the lower the profit, it may be worth it. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. And it's, that's one of those things that it really is hard to grasp. Again, if you're low on capital, it's really hard to go, Hey, I'm going to buy 30 items and only make it buck or two. Like that's really tough. Right. So, and we, I wouldn't recommend that unless you have the capital to burn and make it happen. But, you know, Q4, there may be times you get hundreds of sales of one item in a day. And yeah, you may have spent, you know, $10 on each item, but you're still going to make $1,000 net profit and maybe worth it. Yeah. So with that said, it is time for our hustle of the week. Hustle. Hustles of the week. Of the week. We got some good ones. We always have good ones. Always have good ones. So I'm excited about these. Because our pure hustlers out there hustle hard. They hustle <laughs> pure. They got they good hustle hustles. Pure. They got they got hustles of the week and, and they do amazing things. Thank you for, by the way, using uh, the hashtag hustle of the week. We want to make sure that we own that. They, we do. I think we do now. I mean, there is so much on there. I, I go on there, not on the daily, but pretty, pretty consistently because I'm like, oh, wow. Something new, something new, like so much good stuff. So appreciate all you guys hashtagging hustle of the week. It's been awesome. So if you haven't been following the hashtag, strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that hashtag. We get nothing out of it. We're just trying to help you out. Yeah. But real quick, if you haven't had a chance, you're listening to the podcast and you want to, you know, just check out what's going on over on YouTube. And by, by the way, we are dropping not a third episode, but we're dropping PHP clips. PHP clips. Which are exclusive to YouTube. So if you haven't had a chance uh, and you want to, you know, hear some things that we got from the archives that we thought were really helpful and valuable to the community, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or Pierce Podcast and hit that notification bell so you can get notified when things drop. Yep. And on Insta, we're continually dropping information or sharing our journey. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where Pierce of Podcast, and TikTok, where Pierce of Podcast, and also on Twitter, we are Pierce of Cast. You can give us a call 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. Shoot us an email. I love Mike. Mike got it down to science. His little hand motions. If you're not watching us on podcast, you can check out YouTube to see his. It's kind of what he does while I'm trying to drop all of this. You can email us, purestopodcast at gmail.com, purestopodcast at gmail.com. And last of all, if you ever want to say thank you in a monetary way, which we're always grateful for, there's a PayPal link on the bottom. We're always super appreciative. Yeah. And uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in 
every Wednesday and Friday and Sunday to our episodes. Yeah. And Tuesday. Tuesday? For the clips. Two clips a week. Oh, are we... Oh, we're dropping those on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. Tuesday and Fridays. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. So so check those out. Um, yeah. Don't forget to hit... When you subscribe, that's great. But if you don't hit that bell button, subscription actually doesn't do anything. Like, you can find it easier, like, true. on the side. Yeah. But when you hit that notification bell button, whenever we drop a new video, you'll get, like, an email and it'll say, like, hey, Pure Hustle Podcast, just release something. So hit that bell button. It'll make sure that you actually can, you know, see the stuff that we're putting out. And... uh and if you've got suggestions of content you'd like to see, you know, let us know. Let us know. I mean, actually, this episode came from many of our audience saying, hey, could you talk about sourcing off-price stores and outlets for Q4? And that's why we're doing it. Yeah. So, all right. You want to start with the first hustle of the week? Hustle of the week. So, uh, this first one comes from Anthony. His IG handle is at first class resale. Uh, so, he went to a garage sale and picked up a lot of uh, rotary phones. You thought wasn't that one of your bolos one year one time? Yeah. Okay. I got one. I got an old school one. It was super cool. It was like de- I, I it, it didn't actually work anymore, so I, I sold it as decoration. It still sold for a lot, uh, but picks up a rotary phone, a lot of them, for fifteen dollars, and one of them was a pink nineteen fifty nine Western Electric phone. Sold it for one hundred twenty four dollars and ninety nine cents. It's that's a beautiful amazing. phone. Yeah, check it out on Hustle of the Week. That's super cool. Um. Any any of the the phones that you get, the Western Electric, the old ones, those are great. That's a good bolo. Um, but yeah, rotary phones. It's funny. Like I just watched my son, and he's got no idea like how like even like a regular phone, right? Because now with with phones, like he just wants to look at a picture and wants to do like FaceTime, right? Like so, so even crazy. the idea of like holding it to his ear, and so yeah, like the idea of a rotary phone, like it's just quickly becoming something that. Today's generation just will never know. They won't know how to use it. Like, isn't there like a YouTube video where they show like kids, they put one in front and like they try and figure it out and yeah. they can't figure out how to so dial. So strange. So strange. And I'm sure that's going to happen with all. And think about a Walkman. You give somebody a Walkman, are they going to know how to operate it? That's true. I mean, it's pretty easy, but. Well, actually, the I, will I heard and I could be wrong. Maybe somebody could, you know, snoops on this and find out whether Snopes. or not. Snoops. Find out whether or not this is true. But um, I. I'd heard that that's where 911 came from is it was so that you could easily do it without looking at a rotary phone yep. and uh, that it wouldn't happen accidentally. So it was the furthest number away and the two closest. Mm-hmm. So you had to go all the way around once and then two close. And I that think, was, I think that's a fact. That's pretty cool, right? It is pretty cool. Well, obviously somebody genius thought of that. Yeah. So, or maybe it was by accident. No, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it was designed, but, uh, but it's because of the rotary phone that we have. 911 is the number for 911. Ah, interesting. So check out uh, his IG handle, First Class Resale. He has a lot of... He's, so what's happening right now with Hustle of the Week is people are like, not not only once, but if they keep getting Hustle of the Week, they just keep putting it on there. So it was kind of cool to see his journey from when he first picked up the phone at a rummage sale to eventually selling it. And that was only one of multiple phones. And so I'm sure we'll hear some more. So thanks so much, Anthony, First Class Resale on Instagram for sharing that. Yeah, appreciate that. All right. So I like I like video games. I keep talking about how I can't find any video games to make money on. I know I sound like people are like, there's nothing out there, but it's true. Like I can't find vintage games. I love the story. So Sean, IG handle, Hanson Hustles on Instagram, did a bulk buy. And we've talked about bulk buys, how they're money. And so this is what he did. He put an ad, I believe, on OfferUp. 
about that he buys video games. Right? Do you remember those ads like you see on Craigslist and people are like, if you have anything to sell, let me, you know, I buy. And you always look at those before you're a reseller, you look at those and go, at least I did. Maybe I'm just mean, but I go like, why does this person waste that space on Craigslist? Right. They look like a spammer, but they're legit. I do that now. <laughs> they're legit people. So Sean put an ad and said that he buys video games. And so you would think that the market would be flooded on these kind of things, but he puts it out there and somebody contacts him and sells them a lot of video games for only $80. And in that lot was a Mega Man 8 Anniversary Collector's Edition for the Sega Saturn. You even know what the Sega Saturn is? Oh, yeah. I love the Sega Saturn. I, I had a Dreamcast. A Saturn? The Dreamcast is cool, too. Yeah, Dreamcast games are money, by the way. Are they? But a Saturn, I never got my hands on. No. That's my actually... cousin had one. Okay. So, picked it up. Used. But complete, sold it for $320. Nice. That is amazing. I love Mega Man. But that, I, I never, I don't know. Would you have picked that up if you saw Mega Man Saturn? Probably, because it's yeah. Saturn. But the fact that this came from an ad, that's hustle. Really appreciate that's that. Awesome. So thank you, Sean, and Hanson Hustles. Yeah. All right, what do you got? All right, so our next one comes from our friends, Hugo and Tiffany uh, at Sell Quick, Ship Quick. Uh, good friends of Pure Podcast. So um, before going on a trip, um, they decided go to one last thrift store right there. You ever done that? The final trip yeah. before you well, leave? Let's just check it out. And so uh, Tiffany had to leave. She had some work she had to go do. And they see a model ship though. So she tells Hugo, hey, get this. And so they go and they check out these model ships. Some of them looked broken. And they're at the store that shall not be named. Picked up one ship for fifty nine ninety nine. Now that's a lot of money to spend at mm -hmm. a thrift store for an item. Right? Yeah, agreed. Fifty nine nine sixty bucks at a thrift store. You better be getting something good. So picks it up, uh, does some research, and it was a. I don't, I'm not even going to say this right, but it's a, a Nikamu Yamato Japanese Navy Super Dreadnought battleship model boat, and sold it for five hundred dollars plus shipping, which was their biggest sale to date. That's huge off of a sixty dollar purchase. Five hundred dollars. Boom. And they did the research. I mean, it was all yeah. about research, right? I, I honestly, I I would say with model ships, I think it's kind of like books. For every one good book, there's like 30 junk, and it's the same thing with models. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first started reselling, I always got excited. I mean, I went to one uh, garage sale, and there was so many Star Trek models. I was like, in new in box. I'm like, I hit the gold mine, right? Like, I'm going to pick up... And he was trying to charge like $50 per model. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking them up and they're going for like 30 to 40, maybe 60 bucks on eBay. And I'm just like, oh, no, I was hoping they'd be going for like 500 bucks. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So and then a lot of them were only going for five to ten dollars. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things that you you would imagine they'd be more collectible than they are. But just like anything, it, unless you know the market, only a handful are actually the collectible ones. Correct. So. Again, like we've said since I think episode three, <laughs> research pays yep. consistently research. And by the way, so quick, ship quick, they put together a video of how they packed that beast. It was almost as tall as Hugo. Whoa. So if, if on Instagram, you should, you could see the picture of him laying next to it. It's pretty huge. So, Hey, if you haven't had a chance, check out so quick, ship quick. They're dropping videos. I believe like every Monday and Wednesday and Friday. And so they're leveling up. They're sharing games. So you know, give them a follow and a subscribe on YouTube and uh, check out their journey because 
they drop a lot of info. And here's what I've noticed. Like when you get bigger in the social media world, like you begin, I would say at times to share less info. Mm. Right. I hope that doesn't happen to us. <laughs> right. But when you're still starting, like you're re- you're like in the game, like you're constantly researching, constantly sharing. And I find that the information is really relevant at that mm. level. It's still relevant when you're a big YouTuber, you know, when we're, we're going to remember this episode, if we ever get to like a hundred K. Yeah. Get our diamond plaque or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. We'll, yeah. we'll put it right there. Help us get to a hundred thousand, please. Subscribe. Yes. All 97,800 and something. No, 700 something. We'll get there. Yeah. One Tell day. everybody. We'll just make it a thing. Tell everybody, subscribe to Parasol Podcast. Okay. Help us get our plot. That <laughs> sounds so needy. All right. But hey, follow us on Cook Shape Quick. Check out their videos. A lot of good info. Thanks, Hugo and Tiffany, for sharing us your best sale to date. Yeah. So, hey, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Hugo and Tiffany. Really appreciate that. And what about your household of the week? Oh, man. I totally forgot. I was supposed to be thinking of one for me. Okay. Well, while you think, you I'll, go. Sh- I'll share my. Let me think. Hugo or Hugo? Hugo. Okay. <laughs> Shut my phone so I can look up. I know All I right. sold some good stuff. So, do you need my computer to look? No, no, up? no. I'll just, okay. I'll just think. I know, I know, I've All got right. one. So this goes in line with our topic today. I had a, I did have a, I had a really nice sale, which I'll post on Instagram. But this is dealing with outlets, and so I've really, and we'll talk about this later on. I've really gotten it gotten. That's is that a real word? Gotten? Sure. But tonight. Go for it. All right. I've really arrived to a place where I kind of have dates down or when certain outlets have clearance sales. And not only that, but when they have the clearance upon clearance sales, and I find really good stuff. And so one of the things I'll share is there my two worlds came together. I had Outlets, which I do love sourcing. I don't talk about it much, but I do source at the outlets a lot. And vintage stuff. Now, the retro's coming back, right? So if you notice, like, remember the shark tooth hats from the 90s? Mm-hmm. Right? Those are coming back, right? Well, one of the other things that's coming back is neon colors. And so I've picked up a lot of neon stuff at the outlets at clearance. And I don't know why people aren't picking it up, but they've, you know, I think the colors are bright and I'm like, Somebody's going to want this. So I'll share with you some of these. So I picked up a a, a few Nike uh, hooded windbreakers that were like neon pink and, and teal and a multiple like kind of color block. And I picked them up for $25. And because of friends and family, they're about 30% off. Right. So if you do the math, what, what is that? That's under $20. Okay. Like $17.50 or something like that. And I've sold one of them for $70, sold another for 50. I'm probably going to sell the other two once Q4 hits for about a hundred a piece. And that's because, you know, again, paying attention when sales are and paying attention to what are trends. I've also sold some, uh, here's a funny one. I sold some Nike shirts that were factory samples. So at these outlets, sometimes factory samples go for money. You may not think so. You can't send them into FBA, but cause they're unique. So I bought these red Nike shirts that had like all these historical things that happened. And I paid $11 plus the 30% off. So I think they're like eight or nine bucks, whatever. And one of the things I put in my keywords was history teacher. And I'm like, Hey, a history teacher. Now were the history teachers that bought these. I don't know, 
But I sold each of those shirts for 30 plus dollars and I picked up 10 of them. Mm. Right. So, you know, making 15 to 20 bucks on each shirt, totally worth it. Another item is I picked up some super bright pink Nike running shirts and with like palm trees and they were kind of cool. And I've been selling them for, I bought, I paid, I think of seven, eight bucks and I've been selling them for, I want to say 20 to $35 a piece. Again, only one listing. Even if I sell it for on the lower end, I'm still making profit. No more time is being spent. So it's been great. One more thing I'll share is there are these fanny packs that were on clearance. There were five bucks and then there was a 30% off and fanny packs are in, right? That could be our bolo, right? But certain fanny packs are in and sold each of them for 30 to $35 and I sold out on those, right? So things that people looked over and passed over and guess what? One listing, make decent money, definitely worth your time. So that's been my overall, I wouldn't say hustle of the week, sold some of them during this past week. So that's why I included it. But I thought it went along with our theme episode. So that was my hustle of the week. That's good. Mine, um, not as exciting as probably should be because I'm, I'm having a really hard time remembering everything I've sold in the last week. Uh, That's mostly, a good problem. I, have. I mean, it's a good problem, but but a big part of that is my wife has been doing a lot more. I've been doing a lot of the sourcing and she's been doing more of like the shipping. Okay. And so um, I remember, I know as they come in, but then I feel like, oh yeah, what's sold? Uh, but I do know, so she's probably going to say like, you forgot to mention like the really big sales that we got. Yeah. But we have sold, and this was a while ago, I want to say probably like five or six months ago, I was at a garage sale and I picked up these like new sealed in box, like electric dimmer light things. And they're not like a regular light switch. It's like almost like a smart home system type thing. I'm not even sure exactly what it is, um, but I'd scanned them. They were new in package and they sold, um, they were selling for like 20, 30 bucks. And I've got like three or four of them. And I think I paid $2 for all of them together. I was like, how much do you want for these? And he's like, I don't know, a couple bucks. And I did the each or for all of them. And he's like, yeah, just for all of them. And so I picked these up and they haven't been selling. It's been a while. And in the last week, two of them sold to different people. Okay. And another one has watchers. And so it's like, and they've sold for like 30 bucks. So to think like, okay, like this was a pretty good, you know, a couple bucks. Already made $60 on them. Have another one that has some watchers. But then again, it's it's the, I think what makes it such a good hustle wasn't just the fact that I got it for a decent price or that I'm selling it for some decent ROI, but the fact that it's selling after a significant amount of time of not selling, right? Of just the mm. encouragement of if you bought something that was a good buy, it might take time for it to sell, but it'll sell, right? And so when it does, just to remind yourself that, hey, some of those things that you have in your inventory that have been waiting don't sell yourself short and 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 sell them for too cheap when it's worth it. It just takes time. And it's weird that after that long, two of them go back to back to different people, right? So it's a hot item. I just, maybe I wasn't the cheapest for a while and now I am. You just, you never know. Or the algorithm kicked in or... The algorithm <laughs> or for some reason, like, I don't know, these made it onto like a Pandora commercial or something and people started looking for them. Who knows, right? Like, yeah, you don't know. You never know. It is that is true. That is one of the things we haven't talked about where sometimes you may have items and at the moment they're selling, but then when an ad shows up or a movie or like something crazy happens, like you gotta capitalize, right? And so what I will say, how many do you have left? One more? I think just one more. Maybe there's two. I can't remember whether I got four or three. Well, if you get offers, it's time to take them. Right. So hopefully we don't get any lowball offers right now. <laughs> People that check out my what well, Mike has, but 
you I will say my my suggestion is when things are hot like that, you got to sell because that opportunity may not happen and you may be sitting on an item again for another two years. I mean, you have you've only been reselling for a year or so, but I can tell you from experience, there's things I wish I had taken offers on years ago. So, all right. Well, good for you, man. So I'm I'm wondering, I I have FOMO right now. I want to know what we missed out on, on the hustles, but we will find out later. All right. Hey, thank you all for those hustles a week. Make sure to follow that hashtag. And I really appreciate all the feedback that we get about, you know, here's some items to take a look at and here's what's selling. It's always been, you know, it's been great. Love being part of this community. All right. Let's finish up with discussing how to make the most of the outlets. Yeah. Okay. So the simple one is coupon books. You ever pick up the coupon book? What's a coupon book? You, you don't know what they are? No, no. I know what coupon books are, but like... When you I, go out, every outlet has some kind of coupon book. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So even the one local to us has one. Did you know that? Huh. Okay, so now you know. Where do you pick up? Uh, like, is this something you have to be like subscribed to and they get yeah, in the so, mail? Or so most of these outlets, what they have is there's a website they want you to like give your information to, right? Give your email, give your contact info, whatever it may be. And so what I find is is that you, it's easy to forget, right? You find a deal, you're like, oh, I want to capitalize on this deal, but then you may have missed out. So give an example. And again, networking plays a part. So there was this one time at this one store where they had a buy one, get one free on a certain item. And then on top of that, if I had the coupon book, which I did pick up, it was for every $75 purchase, it was, I believe it was take another 15% off. So think about that. So I'm already working with really good margins, right? Because I'm pretty much buy one, get one free. I'm getting everything at 50% off. And then you add another 15% off, right? So that's more money in your pocket, right? Had not the manager, because I asked, I said, hey, listen, if I buy everything that you have here right now, would you give me a better deal? And he said, ah, we can't. Corporate won't let us do it. But if you go to the outlet, uh, whatever, the customer service desk, they'll give you a coupon book. Now, some places will charge you like, let's say $5. You might go like, I don't want to pay $5, but think about Five dollars to make a few hundred, it's worth it to you. They charge you five dollars for the coupon book? No, not not anymore. They used to. At I this was place. gonna say it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like uh, the ones that kids would sell for like <laughs> the entertainment books. Like here, buy this uh, coupon book. I mean, those are pretty good, but yeah, I mean, you spend some money up front, and then you probably, I mean, the reason they could do that is nobody ever used them for the most part, anyways. You know, like maybe use one coupon. Most people aren't actually getting the their full money's worth out of those yeah. things. Well, it's. <laughs> And what I think is what happens at these outlets is that they do these offerings and I'm just, I'm getting super conspiracy here, but cause they want, you know, people to take, you know, part in the sales, but they don't want everyone to take part in the sales. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Maybe it's because they're trying to get that demographic. Cause there's always going to be the people who want the, the better sale. Mm-hmm. And so they're reaching out to those people, right? Like they want them here too. And then too, it's like, I kind of think of it like gambling they want to hook people, right? So if you go to a place and you get an amazing deal, I remember there was this outlet store when I where I grew up and it was like an hour away, maybe 45 minutes away. Yeah. And it was in the middle of a desert, like on the way to Vegas. And this outlet store, I remember just had the best prices. Like it was the only place we could go get new stuff for like back to school because it was 
just so great. And I remember going back years and years later when I got a little older and I was adult and the prices weren't as good as I remembered. But like in my mind, this is still the best outlet store ever, mm -hmm. right? So if you go to an outlet store and you get some really good deals and they give you these coupons and your first or second or several of your experiences there is, man, I'm getting great deals. Then even if their prices go up and the deals aren't that great, people have in the back of their mind, like this is the place to shop. Yeah. So I think I, I think there's something worthwhile for them to do that even is to offer these deals occasionally, hook people in, and maybe even it's a loss leader like, hey, we're going to break even on some items. But if we can get people hooked that here's the place, because people get addicted to to shopping, you know, and if you're yeah. the place that they'll go, hey, okay. it's almost like a drug dealer uh, giving away some free product, right? Like, no, it's like yeah. that. It's like that. And that's that's the kind of buyers we want on our platforms. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that don't return things. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, keep an eye for those and also try to work out a deal. And this is, again, I always talk about networking and people are like, Oh, I don't know if I should share. I'm, I'm a reseller. I'm telling you, I've gotten so many deals at the outlets by saying, Hey, I'm a reseller. I want to buy all of these. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you get a book buy, people are willing to work with you. So some of these, and I'm not saying it's going to work every time, but some of these booklets will only say, or whatever, trifold, whatever they're called, you know, only, you know, it doesn't say it. Like what I find is that every manager based on the personality kind of makes that deal for you. So I've been to some, they're like, oh, this deal only applies once. I've had others where they were willing to, knowing that I was going to buy everything, they rang up 40 separate transactions so I could maximize my deal. Right? So it never hurts to go in there and be like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? Blah, blah, blah. And even if they say no to you, right, you still need to definitely be positive because what's happened before is I've gotten upset, like they wouldn't give me the deal. And the person goes, you know, in reality, I can't really, I'm not allowed to sell you all this. And I'm like, oh, no. Hey, you know what? I'm good. Like put it out there. I'm willing to pay all of it because if it's a really good deal, you don't want to ruin that deal because you get emotional because you got turned away. Right. And I almost lost out on several thousand dollars a few weeks ago because they were unwilling to honor the same coupon they gave me last year. But when I looked at it, it's like, okay, 15% to still make several thousand dollars profit. It's definitely worth me, you know, still working on that deal. So don't let your emotions run high on those. The other thing is take a look at other rewards, right? So if you go to off-price stores, you have like the TJ Maxx rewards if you can use a TJ Maxx card or whatever, you know, store you're going to. And there's also, you know what Rakuten is? Yeah, I, I know from the commercials on how to say it. Okay, good. Right. I haven't even seen the commercials. You haven't? No, I've seen the commercials. And honestly, it, it stuck with me that I've seen the commercials and it was about how to pronounce it but I'm not even sure if I remember how to pronounce it. But it was like, can you say it? And they had this box, this machine, and it had the word on it and people were coming up and trying to say it. And if somebody said it and they said it right, it like the box opened up and it had like money in there for them. And people are like, Rakuten, Rakuten? Like nobody knew how to say it. But yeah, I know it's like a like a coupon or like a... a, a you get money you back. find the deals, right? Yeah. You get money. It's like, well, Ebates. Remember Ebates? Yep. yep. So it's Ebates, but now it's Rakuten. Right. So now, and I would say not every store is on there. So you got to check the website. There are some outlet stores on there, off price stores. It's there's not much, but big box stores Doesn't on there. Does it need to be basically online arbitrage at that point though, to make that worthwhile? 
Not always. Okay. Not always. There, there's a way, you know, to make it happen. But yeah, online arbitrage definitely helps. So if you can buy stuff and pick it up, it makes it a lot easier. But again, you want to maximize. Like you don't think about that. Somebody had mentioned actually, um, ah, I want to give you a shout out. Uh I'll find out who this is later on. But somebody had mentioned that even on eBay, you can use Rakuten. Nice. Like when you buy your supplies. Right. So so be aware of that because uh, sorry, I, I got off the mic. I just was trying to find a post that we had because I want to shout out this person for dropping this knowledge. But sometimes, you know, you don't think about these deals. All right. So Debo Bebel, who's been on who's been on YouTube for a long time. She she is an OG reseller, but she had mentioned that make sure to use a re- rebate program like Rakuten, which is just doing is doing six percent right now on eBay and gives a percentage back on the cost of the supplies when you do the shipping coupon. So you can maximize even more. So that's not related to the episode, but hey, thought we dropped that knowledge for you. Thank you, Debbie, for dropping that with us. That's Debel Bebel on Instagram. Actually, she was a hustle of the week, I think, one time. Nice. So, but again, maximize your the money you're making, right? You want to capitalize on that. So take a look at what stores and make sure you buy that buy and make sure you make that purchase and realize that some of these stores you can go online and make those. We haven't even talked about the whole online world of this. We don't have time right now, but there's a whole online world of sourcing for Q4 at outlets and off-price stores. All right. Now, the other thing, be careful and make sure that the deal that you're looking for is the deal. Do you get what I'm saying? No. Okay. okay. Have you ever been to a place and this happens a lot with liquidation where things are really marked up? But then there's a 50% off sale. Oh, right. Yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. So it's, it is markup and then mark down to actual retail value. Correct. Yeah. We, 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 I, I remember the first time that I experienced this, that I knew for sure that this was happening was at a Dick's Sporting Goods. I bought a jacket that was on sale for 75% off and they had like coupon, like final sale, clearance, and the price that was on there. We ended up peeling that sticker off when we got it home. Oh my goodness. That's a terrible feeling. And there was another sticker underneath it that was actually cheaper. And then we peeled it off that sticker and was the actual item price, which was almost the same price. Like I I can't remember whether it was the exact same or like a little bit more, a little bit less, but it was not 75% off. Like they had, they had marked it up before they marked it down. That's just terrible. Yeah, it was like I felt terrible. I, I felt like I was lied to. Yeah, no, and that happens. That happens at outlets a lot. More and then I, I would say it doesn't happen at off price stores very much because they're kind of like they have I don't know. No, but what I do notice at those stores is the suggested retail value. I feel like they make that number up. Like okay, I see what you're saying. So like it'll say like this item is this shirt is only ten ninety nine suggested retail value seventy five dollars. Well, if you go to um, if you go to Macy's or whatever and actually buy that, it might be twenty dollars, right? It's nobody they're not actually selling that shirt for seventy five dollars. But if they say yeah. suggested retail seventy five dollars, this shirt's only ten dollars. It's like wow, what a great deal! No, you wow. got to be. You're right because I've seen some some polo gear that was like one seventy four ninety nine MSRP, and some people were picking it up because it was twenty dollars, and I'm like, well, no, because. The polo store isn't even selling it for that much. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that number just comes out of out of nowhere. I know. I actually I did pick up some Robert Graham shirts the other day for 20 bucks, but the MSRP was like $168, which Robert Graham, 
does, you know, command that. But these shirts, I'm pretty sure we're not being sold for that much. No. So I get it. So be careful about that. But the other side is make sure to be aware. Like if, if people are willing to tell willing to tell you when a sale is happening, like, and it just goes counter to what I said earlier on the podcast, but if the sale is like a day away, like make sure you're aware, like make sure you do everything you can to get enough information that you're capitalizing because the more money you save, the greater return you're going to have at these outlets. So I don't, and again, always, and again, I'll keep saying I've had so many opportunities where if you just network with people, you will make those deals. So I'll give you an example, Tommy Bahama, which I would say outlet to Tommy Bahama. Whew. Have you seen how much those shirts go retail? We're talking about like $200 shirts. So you get why people on eBay are willing to buy it. Now we know that Tommy Bahama is pretty much a dead bolo, but if you get like a NFL themed shirt or a baseball themed shirt, they can go for money. I've sold some Tommy baseball shirts for about $150. Now, I've gone there and they've seen my face consistently. Even though I haven't bought anything, I let them know, hey, I'm a reseller. Here's my card. If you guys ever have any deals, make sure you give me a call. And they might say, you know, and they told me, Orlando, we, we can't call you. Like, you understand that. And I'm like, all right, just take my card no matter what. But they've consistently seen me. And so when I walk into that store, and, and this was like last year, I haven't been in that store for a long time. But they would say, you know, Orlando, if you wait like another day, you may be able to buy more of these. Right. So, again, make sure you maximize the time. Another thing is make sure you know when dates are happening. And an easy way to do that is document it. Are you using the our Instagram archive to know when deals are happening? Um, I mean, I haven't I haven't uh, capitalized on that so much, but. I understand where you're going with that. You should. I'm telling you right now, I go to our Instagram stories a year ago and I go, that's when this sale is happening. That's when this sale is happening. And I'll go to the stores and sure enough, nice. that sale is happening. So, you know, mark it on your calendar, put it in your IG story, put an alarm on your phone, whatever it is. So you know when those deals are going to break and, you know, follow people on social media that go to those deals because maybe they'll remind you, right? Because social media... As much as it's a hindrance, it also can be a great help to you. And this one we already talked about. Buying in mass quantities will always get you a better deal. I know it's common sense, but we only... I know myself, I think about that maybe at thrift stores, maybe at garage sales. But when it goes to outlets and off-price stores, off-price is a little more difficult. It's still doable. But at outlets, remember, they're outlets. Right, they're the last step before things go to an off-price store or before they go to liquidation. So, if you're trying to talk to a manager that needs their bottom line to be met, you can maybe work out a really good deal because you know they want to show their numbers, they want things to move, and you may be able to broker that deal. So, any other last tips you want to share here? No, get out there and do it. Yeah. So remember. We're talking about retailing, oh, not retailing, sourcing retail, retail for Q4. Remember, the key thing is have that capital, know when those deals are, and make sure to not get hindered by the fact that going like, oh no, like the margins aren't that high. Hey, if you can make with the capital and you can know that something's going to sell well, it's about the volume. So be aware of that. And so with all that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. 
Ladies. Peace.